0: Welcome everyone to this month's edition of AAA Sky. Today we're discussing following your astronomy passion with AAA member and astrophotographer, Matthias Schmidt. I'm Maggie Machinsky.
1: And I'm Stanley Fertig. AAA Sky is produced by the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York, whose mission is to promote the study of astronomy and to emphasize its cultural and inspirational value. Find out more about AAA at aaa.org.
0: First, here's a word from our president, Brian Berg.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of AAA Sky, the official podcast of the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York. And I am Brian Berg, the president of AAA. Thank you, as always, for being here. I hope that you're all as excited about every new episode as I am. Today, we are bringing a fantastic, and I truly mean a fantastic episode. It really goes to the core of what AAA is about. In this episode, Matthias Schmidt is interviewed. Matthias has an amazing story of when he joined AAA while working in the Wall Street banking industry. He was taking classes offered by the club. You've all heard me talk about the amazing classes that we've offered, and that's how I became involved in AAA. Well, Matthias also took these classes, and it reignited his passion for the cosmos, causing him to boldly leave his Wall Street job, pursue a degree in astronomy, work as an astro educator, and move out west to become the dark sky coordinator at Cedar Breaks National Monument in Utah. It's a fascinating journey and a great example of how the AAA community can inspire, nurture, and guide one's passion for the cosmos, which you've all heard me talk about so passionately myself. And Matthias, he embodies that passion. It's what it's all about, the community, the science, the opening of one's mind to enjoy and appreciate and learn about this universe that we're all part of. Also, in the upcoming issue of Eyepiece, which is our newsletter, which is published online in the first of every month, Matthias also will take us through some of his adventures, chasing eclipses all around the world. As always, please make sure that you go to our website at AAA.org and see everything that we have to offer. With that said, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did.
3: Today's guest on my podcast is Matthias Schmidt. Matthias is the Dark Sky Coordinator at Cedar Breaks National Park in Utah. He's also the Astronomy Guide at Stargazing Zion, all while pursuing his Master's Degree in Astrophysics at Swinburne. Welcome, Matthias. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you for having me.
3: So now, you haven't always had a career in astronomy. You lived in New York City. You were a children's TV show producer That's quite the change. So why don't you take us through how this came to be?
4: The universe picked me. That's (laughs) how the change came to be. Okay. Um, I grew up in Germany. I went to an engineering high school and I had, uh, I loved physics and astronomy. And uh, I started uh, studying physics at university, but I was lacking uh, social maturity And I switched to business, um, got my business degrees, came to the United States, got my MBA, moved to New York City and was in finance for 10 years. Um, But I always loved science. It never really let go of me. And um, after another panic attack at work, unimaginable that people in New York can have anxiety and panic attacks.
3: Oh, yeah. No, none of us experienced that.
4: Nobody I've ever met that's in New York (laughs) can relate to that. Um, I uh, started working for an entrepreneur uh, to develop a kid's uh, uh, TV show about spaceships flying through the solar system. And um, while I was doing that, we were interacting. I was essentially the the science nerd
2: for the show,
4: reviewing scripts and Making sure they are scientifically accurate, that we okay. don't teach the kids something that's you know not true. That of course there's a little bit of science fiction in it. In an eleven-minute episode, you can't fly to Jupiter. <laughs> or normal spaceship. You can't. So, not, not with the current rocket technology. Got it. Um, and. uh, uh while i was uh uh, doing the show uh uh, in 2017 we uh uh, prepared for the total solar eclipse Mm -hmm. Uh, we did an eclipse package with classes and a map and a little pamphlet for kids to learn about the eclipse and i went to oregon um to uh, uh, do a little presentation at a local high school about the science behind the eclipse and what we do. And uh, I saw my first total solar eclipse and my left brain and right brain were not able to communicate with each other about what was happening in the sky there. Okay. It was uh, amazing. There was a little girl next to me that was jumping up and down screaming. It is happening. It is happening. Mm -hmm. And I was essentially speechless because I could not believe what was happening. Um, the Corona was just amazing. You could see the shadow approach and it was a clear sky. There was not a cloud, uh, uh, in the sky. And I thought this is kind of strange. It looks like a gigantic thunderstorm is approaching and all of a sudden it's dark and there's the sun's gone and there's this black hole. Yeah, And, uh, this, uh, you see the, the sun's Corona and, um, after a minute and a half, it was over. And I was just standing there just hypnotized and flabbergasted knowing how it works, but still experience it for the first time was such a, a um, I know I'm a scientist, but I, I call it a spiritual experience. Sure. And, uh, something must have happened because I felt rejuvenated and, uh, um, I came back and, uh, uh around that time, I, I already took a class by, uh, uh, uh Dave, uh, uh, Kiefer Kiefer. Uh, yep. Astronomy One Hundred One, And, uh, I took some more classes on Coursera uh, by the uh, University of Arizona and uh, Caltech and I asked Dave Kiefer I want to get my astronomy degree and he suggested Swinburne because that's where he got his degree from mm-hmm. so I enrolled at the, in the Master of Science and Astronomy program at Swinburne understanding that at the pace I was going, one course one class, a semester will take a while um, to get there sure. But I figured if I don't start today, if I don't start, I'll never finish no matter right. how long it takes. And, uh, I just started and, uh, I became, um, more active in the, in the AAA and, uh, people are wonderful with their advice. I think I must've, I still ask a lot of questions, simple questions, Ask the people mm-hmm. in the astrophotography group what kind of questions I ask, but the best of the best, the best of the, thank you. The best of the best. (laughs) Everybody go, everybody went through the same uh, process and uh, the members of the astronomy club are incredibly knowledgeable and helpful and share uh, uh, their skills and, and wisdom and point you in the right direction. In the end, you have to do it on your own. Nobody's going to do it for you. Right, But uh, uh, with all the uh, uh, support, it became a lot easier to pursue an interest in astronomy because it was so rewarding. Right. (coughs) Um, Going to North South Lake and observing and doing the public, uh, uh, the star parties, the one in uh, Central Park. And then um, Dave asked me, hey, Matthias, why don't you start with uh, teaching a class, you know, you can come for the smorgasbord. And then I started, um, uh, I wanted to teach at a high school. So there was this, uh, um, uh, opening at, um, the, um, Harlem educational activities fund. Okay. In Harlem that Peter tag attack sent around, they were looking for an astronomy educator. And I thought, okay, I'll just apply. Yeah. So I went in there, you know, I gave a, a, a little test lesson and they must have liked it. And they said, we want you to teach the uh, astronomy to kids, uh, like seventh through 10th grade. And uh, the first semester was, I think, yeah, it was eighth grade. And then in the second semester, I did seventh grade and ninth and 10th grade. And after I taught my first class to the seventh graders, I left and I wanted to cry. I thought, what, who are these kids? <laughs> yeah. If you are a teacher and you have ever taught seventh graders, I can totally relate. This is a very challenging,
3: <laughs> very sure. challenging age. I, I can only imagine.
4: Yes. So, but I figured I asked some of my friends, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? How do I handle What's the what's a proper class management skill? And I figured if I start speaking in German, they'll be quiet and they'll try to understand me. Or when I get angry with them at their behavior, I'll just start yelling something in German. They will never figure this out. No, it's, it's quite a strong language. <laughs> it is not the most romantic language. <laughs> the best romantic operas were written in Italian, not in German. Not right. <laughs> um
3: for a reason.
4: Yep. For a reason. <laughs> and it, it got better. So because you know you grow with your challenges. And um I totally enjoyed uh interacting with uh, with kids. Not all the time, but most of the time. And uh, so I continued with my studies and um <laughs> Uh, when the pandemic uh, uh hit in 2020, early on, I was in my shoebox apartment, like mm-hmm. all New Yorkers, and I was sitting there and I was um asking myself one of the most profound questions other than how does the universe come in existence? What do you want to do with your life?
3: Yep, like many people during the pandemic, very like relatable. Many
4: Exactly. And it was an opportunity. Um, And I said, I want to teach astronomy and I want to leave New York after 15 years. I don't want to say I've had enough of New York, but New York has given me me a lot. And I'm grateful for that. So I started looking for jobs um, out west, Oregon, California, Washington, Colorado, Utah, Arizona. Because I figured, I love mountain biking. I love hiking. Those would be great states and regions to start something new. Right. Kind of the pioneering spirit, you know. Yeah. Go out west, Lewis on the trails of Lewis and Clark. Explore <laughs> <laughs> the west. Hmm. And um, and this is how the universe has picked me. In 2019, when I was in Argentina for the Total Solar Eclipse, I met my eclipse spouse,
3: Guillermo, okay.
4: from Argentina, who's a graphic designer. So I asked him, Guillermo, can you help me design my resume? I'm applying for jobs. And he did. And when he sent me the first draft, I fell out of the sky because it was totally unexpected i had basically a cartoon image of me Mm -hmm. Um, you know you're not supposed to put your picture on your resume but i'm a creative i work in the creative industry i do animation so it was easy for me to explain why i did this sure and the first job i applied for was uh, for a a science teacher at a charter school in arizona and on monday i sent in my resume On Tuesday, they called me back. On Wednesday, I had a Zoom interview. And on Thursday, they offered me the
3: job. Incredible. That's such a fast turnaround. And I thought, I must be doing something right. Yeah, sure. And they
4: wanted me to teach biology. I wanted to focus on astronomy and physics. Yeah, And yeah. I asked some of my teacher friends, what do you think about teaching biology to teenagers in high school? And they said, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I wanted to finish my, my, my master's. That's kind of the priority. While, right. I, while I was able, if I would be able to teach and at the same time accelerate my master's instead of taking one class a semester, take two classes a semester. Sure. So I said, you know, no, thank you. Um, and I figured, okay, I must be doing something right. And I kept kept looking. You know, initially I was applying in uh, um, um, you know public high schools, and they require you to have a, a, a state certificate to be able to teach at a public school, and okay. I didn't have that. And I figured it will take another year or so to get this, and some more offering you to pursue this uh, uh, license while you are teaching. But then that would have been like triple work, you know, trying to finish your master's faster, get that license and teach. And I figured, okay, you know, don't have to do everything at once.
3: Right. That's a lot Um, on your plate.
4: Exactly. And I figured, okay, I'll just can't teach in a public school with what I have right now, but Knowing that charter schools don't have the same requirement, I figured, okay, there might be an opportunity somewhere else. So I kept looking, and I saw this job posting. This was all on Indeed. Okay. Um, And I saw this job posting for uh, uh, the dark sky coordinator at Cedar Breaks National Monument in uh, Cedar City, Utah, which is a national uh, uh, park they all have different uh, nomenclature designations. Right. Some are called National Park, National Monument, National Seashore, National Historic Site, this and that. But they're all part of the National Park Service. Correct. And uh, I was looking at the map, where is Cedar City? (laughs) And I saw that it's close to St. George and close to Zion National Park, where I've been... 20 years before mountain biking and hiking. And I thought, okay, I remember the area. I actually love Utah for its, um, amazing parks and, uh, and, uh, desert environment. And I asked some of my friends that live in, uh, uh, Las Vegas and, uh, Salt Lake city, what it's like. And they said, well, you know, they have one university and, um, um, People love their pickup trucks and guns.
3: <laughs> they sure do.
4: And I figured, okay, but they have dark skies, incredibly dark skies. So I applied, I was invited to the zoom in you, um, you know, the, uh, uh, they, they started asking me <laughs> about my, uh, uh, my trajectory and I started talking and, mm-hmm. After uh, 20 minutes, my current boss says, "Matthias, this is fascinating how you got here, but we only have 10 minutes left and we want to give every candidate the same opportunity. So
3: (laughs) that's so funny.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So I figured, okay. And then uh, um, this was Wednesday on a Wednesday. And then uh, this was in July, early July. And then the following Monday, she called me and she said, we want to offer you the job. And I said, wow,
3: yeah." (laughs) let me think about it.
4: I'll call you back in the afternoon. Yeah. And you know, I I called her back in the afternoon and I, I figured this is like everything that I looking for. This sounds like a great adventure. And I was kind of craving adventure like a lot of people when you're, when you're stuck, you know, in New York city and the only adventure is the adventure was being able to, jog in central park again that was an adventure um so i kind of was craving adventure and the outdoors and uh uh, that was uh uh, so there was on a monday i called the movers i had to buy a car uh and uh, i put in my notice and um uh three weeks later on a saturday afternoon the movers came picked up all you know I don't have much furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Picked up all the stuff and uh um left at uh two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock. I had my car loaded up already. I left, crossed the George Washington Bridge, and did not shed a tear, was filled with joy, thanked New York, and figured if I just drive out west, I follow the compass, at some sometime I must be hitting Utah. And uh the I wasn't sure where I was going to stay in the, f- the first night. And I saw this sign on the side of the road in Pennsylvania, and it said Punxsutawney. And I thought, it's my favorite movie, Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day. So I stayed in Punxsutawney for the night, I think at the Groundhog Inn. And then I, uh, I kept driving west, and six days later, I arrived in Utah in Cedar City. In this small little town. And it was August 2020. Started my job in September. The dark sky coordinator at Cedar City, just for uh listeners, um, to get an idea. Um the first night I drove up to the to the park, which is at ten thousand three hundred feet elevation.
3: Wow, that's quite a difference in elevation of sea level in New York City. On my drive
4: West, when I crossed uh, in Colorado and Colorado into the Rockies, I was gasping for air. I think I was at 9,000 feet. I was, I had to take a restroom break and I was gasping for air and I figured I have to get lower as quickly as I, (laughs)
3: yeah.
4: So I went up to the monument my first night and I looked up and I went, wow. The Milky Way in its splendor. I haven't seen the Milky Way like that in a long time. It's good at North South Lake for the for the members. Um, but the, the Cedar Breaks is an international dark sky park. Right. So you, you see the Milky Way in its magnificence. And I figured they knew I was coming. This is probably fake. They created this holographic image up in the sky. And uh, I got to come back again the next night to see if it's still there. And I also figured, well, the national park service probably doesn't have that kind of money to create a holographic image in the sky for everybody.
3: Oh, nor do they have the budget to do it every night, just for you every night. Just so next, yeah. next night it was same <laughs> was still there. And I figured I'm in the right spot
4: and I saw so many stars. I didn't recognize any constellations. You know, in New York, you see the brightest stars, you see the first magnitude stars, and you can make out some of the more well known constellations. But when you see thousands of stars, it gets kind of difficult. If it does.
3: I, I can relate. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So you have been to dark sky locations, right? You, uh, in, I, I, think I sure Epic,
3: have. So, yeah. Yeah.
4: And, um, um the Dark Sky Corner is responsible for the astronomy program. We do um, night sky programs um, on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the public. I'm responsible for the Southwest Astronomy Festival, for other public outreach, like visiting schools, doing the um, the measurements of the light pollution. Um, and uh, everything that goes around the science and the management of the uh, uh, astronomy program and the dark sky, uh, night sky programs. So the universe got me here, and um, you know I, I started taking two classes a semester, and it became kind of last semester it was a lot because I had to do two major projects. And last uh, uh, summer, um, I'm a member of the St. George Astronomy Group there was somebody that was uh, looking for people that do astronomy outreach. So I uh, uh, responded and uh, um, this, this person does a tubing business on the Virgin river, which is next to Zion national park. And he has basically people that go tubing on the river. and And he was thinking about starting a stargazing business. Because a lot of his clients ask, what else is there to do? And there's nothing to do in the, at night, in the evening, other than looking at the stars. So he yeah. had a captive audience. So we started this stargazing business. And uh, we have a field next to Zion at 6,000 feet. It's very dark.
3: Mm-hmm. And we have a bunch of
4: telescopes and we have private tours. Um, 12 people and we do like a, 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 a two hour stargazing tour um, constellation tour, a history of astronomy. And we look at uh, uh stars, galaxies, deep sky objects, and it's been, t- it took off.
3: Yeah. So
4: in October I had, I think we had, You know, half of the nights in October, I had to, I was uh, able to do tours and uh, it was just, you know, triple, triple work, but I love what I do and uh, two major projects, but nevertheless, it was uh, 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 amazing. I passed my classes and Uh, After I handed in my last two uh, uh, papers, I left to fly to uh, uh, Ushuaia for the uh, solar eclipse in Antarctica.
3: Oh, that is the number one place I want to visit in the world, Antarctica. That's incredible. (laughs)
4: Yes, (laughs) I'm writing an article for the AAA, so give give me a few more weeks.
3: Great, I can't wait to read it. So thank you so much for delving into how you got to transition into this career. Um, And I uh, say
4: all the time, I'm so grateful to the AAA, the members and their support and their encouragement. This would not be possible without the AAA. Well, that's so,
3: that's so good to hear.
4: And I'm not being paid to say this.
3: No, he's, he's, I can confirm he's not. Um,
4: uh, I love doing uh, uh, classes for, for the AAA. I did a still RM class just um, um, last fall. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to teach um, other topics as well.
3: Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to you. So I am not changing careers. However, I am packing up my entire life in two weeks and moving to Phoenix. So, um, any advice you can give—not just to me, obviously—to all of our listeners, anyone who's contemplating a career move or a move out west where they can pursue their um, astronomy hobbies or you know just more often partake in them. What advice would you give to them? Because it's as excited as I am it's also a little scary I've lived in New York for 10 years and you know I like it I have my friends here and you know how incredible New York is but at some point you need to change so anyway what advice would you give to somebody
4: joining uh, a giant local astronomy club yeah okay join the local astronomy club Mm -hmm. for sure I joined the San George astronomy group and just like the AAA wonderful members with Plenty of knowledge to share and tips to change your career. This is the third career change that I've done in my life. I went from finance to kids, uh, um, animated TV show uh, production to astronomy. And um, I have never been happy in my life, which is, you know, I've been happy in my life before and I've been sad for various reasons. Life has its ups and downs. Sure. But I'm happy to, um, pursue my passion. This is kind of, uh, this is my passion. This has kind of gripped me from the beginning when I was a child and I read the book, um, Cosmos by Carl Sagan Mm -hmm. in the German version. And I quote Carl Sagan a lot in my, in my tours today, because he was such an amazing Uh, um, public outreach person that could uh, um, communicate some of the most complex phenomena in the universe in a very simple and connecting way. Sure. How do you change your careers? You know, we, we decide to pursue a job for various reasons, whether it's, You know, number one is money. You know, I need to make money. I need to pay for my lifestyle. We all do.
3: We all need to pay bills, unfortunately. We all need to
4: pay bills. And um, after a while, and you, you are a product of your environment. So the people that you work with, the friends that you choose, your activities during your free time help frame you because your mind reflects everything that you show it. Sure. And uh, you can find supportive people in every industry. You can find greedy people in every industry. You can find uh, um, um, motivating people in every industry, um, idealists in every industry. And... I've been in three different industries now, you know, finance, uh, the entertainment industry, and the National Park Service, working for the government. And you can find to various degrees and intensities all these different people. And they reflect on your uh, um, activities and what you pursue. Mm-hmm. And astronomy has been the most humbling experience for me um monday morning uh, uh i looked in the mirror and i thought i guess i'm getting to the age where i i don't want to say i'm i i feel i looked in the mirror and i felt old and then i figured well let's think about this for a moment when the universe 3 minutes after the big bang all the hydrogen and helium had formed
3: mm-hmm. and i looked
4: at myself and i'm 80% h2o 80% water Yep. And I figured the H2, the hydrogen is 13.8 billion years old. And I figured, okay, <laughs> if the water, if the hydrogen from the water in me is 13.8 years old, I guess it's depends on your perspective. I don't feel so old after all.
3: Sure, and and you know, I I try to think aging is a privilege that many people don't get to experience. So well, there are certain things about aging that are not fun. Yes. It is a privilege. Yes. Yeah.
4: So, so I try to remind you,
3: myself of that.
4: Yes. Thank you, Maggie. So how do you change your careers? You know, the, the great thing about an astronomy club is if you're really serious about astronomy um, teaching or, and I have to say, you know, Utah has, I think, the highest number of dark sky parks in the world. Um, and it's a growing industry, the night sky programs, uh, and some of my colleagues, for example, Great Basin National Park, they have hundreds of people come to their night sky program. Right. And they also have a research great telescope observatory on their,
2: um,
4: public lands. Um, so that's an advantage too, but there is a growing interest in experiencing, let's call it astrotourism or the night sky. Yes. Um, out West. Um, and there are plenty, there's plenty of opportunity for people that are serious about astronomy and uh, outreach and public relations and marketing to pursue and astrophotography like you, for example, sure uh, to pursue their, um, to pursue their passion. Cause that, that's what it is. A passion. And you know, the saying, when you do what you love, you never work another day in your life. Um, And it takes time to kind of change careers because I had, you know, I enjoyed astronomy immensely and, you know, taking two classes a semester while working full-time is a lot of uh, time spent uh, on something, but it's incredibly rewarding. And um, I happen to love what I do. And it's scary. Yes, there is plenty of support. Um, there are always people willing to share their experience and tips and tricks how to go about this. Um, and uh, I think you know the the you know the greatest risk is not taking one. When I was in New York and I was thinking about what do you want to do with your life, the first thing that came to my mind was. This is an opportunity I will regret in five years, not having been a little bit bolder or trying to be a little, taking some risk to see what could happen. Sure. And, um, I figured who knows where my trajectory will lead me. And, uh, um, I can always move back home to my parents in Germany. They will for surely take me in. <laughs> you know, I can be there. <laughs> I can be their nurse. Yeah. Um, at their age, um, and they would gladly take me in. Um, and I, you know, I figured that the greatest risk is not taking one. And uh, if you're risk averse, you know, just you can always start in an astronomy club or do an internship. Right. This is one of the things where my official title is I'm an intern, right? Yeah, I'm not real an intern, but right. because of the way the the position is funded, I'm I'm an intern, um, and I can always joke about you know I'm the oldest intern in the National Park Service. <laughs> um, but hey, but good for you. Good for you. Thank you. So, you, if you're serious about changing careers, you can always do an internship. There's plenty. You you if you're willing to be an intern and learn about what you have passion about, whether you can make a career out of it or not. Internships are wonderful um, ways to go about this, you know, and I don't want to say just astronomy clubs, but whatever uh, uh, you want to figure out, whatever career you're interested in, you can always do an internship or go join one of these uh, 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 groups or clubs that um, are available in any kind of, activity whether it's uh star watching or bird watching
3: yeah agreed yeah um i actually joined the AAA six years ago at the suggestion of a co-worker and i have to say it's opened countless doors for me i've formed new friendships um photography opportunities you know you name it so I, i couldn't agree more with that bit of advice and like you said you'll always regret the chances you didn't take. And, you know, like you said, you can move back home to your parents and New York's also not going anywhere, right? No, it's not that's going what anywhere. I keep telling myself.
4: Yeah. It's not going anywhere.
3: So Matias, the last question I have for you is something that we ask all of our guests, which is called favorite New York, because the way you are tied to the club and how I know you is all because we are part of AAA New York, but we ask people, what's your favorite New York? This could be a restaurant, a park, um, a building, you name it. So what's your favorite New York? Sushi. So, okay. Any yeah, particular, miss- any restaurant in particular?
4: Mm, not really. You can order sushi online. You know, they could, some of the best sushi in the world within half an hour um, that, that's being delivered. So, you know, that's one things that I, That I kind of miss, you know. I miss the members in the in the in the club. I know you have your 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 party in in a few weeks or so. I think two (laughs) weeks or so. That yeah. I love to be there, uh, but I can't. Um, So I, you know, sushi is the one thing that I definitely definitely miss, and the members of the club.
3: Yeah. Well, we miss you too. And hang out
4: in person. You're always welcome. You know, we've I've had two members here to visit uh, Utah and stay here. Uh, Stan and Gory, you can read their Yelp reviews about staying here. <laughs> um, my door is always open for the members if they want to just come here and um, visit you, uh, Southwest Utah. St. George is close. Las Vegas is close. If you want to gamble, yeah, first and uh, and then come here. You can. that. You know, my door is always open.
3: Well, thank you and and thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and and share your story. I think people will be not only inspired, but also very entertained. And, um, you know, who knows, maybe you might inspire someone to preserve their passions. So once again, thank you, Matthias.
4: You're welcome, Maggie.
1: Well, first of all, I just like to congratulate Matthias on following his dream, which too few of us do. I mean, leaving a job on Wall Street to go out west, as he says it, to uh, pursue an astronomy degree and do astronomy and astrophotography—that takes a lot of courage, and most people don't have that courage. And therefore, I just want to—I have tremendous respect and admiration for him for doing this.
0: I echo those sentiments, Stan. Um, part of the reason I was. So interested in having Matthias join us for this podcast is for those exact reasons, you know, I myself am making a move out West this week, not to pursue astronomy full time, but to do so more so in my free time. But, you know, it's a huge undertaking. You're leaving your life as you know it behind. You're moving to the middle of nowhere. All these things that are familiar and common to you are no longer And it can be a little bit scary, speaking from my personal standpoint.
1: I'm sure it must be. So the other thing I wanted to mention is um, he talked about seeing the Great American Eclipse in Oregon. And as it turns out, I was in Oregon at the same time um, taking pictures of the eclipse as well, thanks to my class with Stan Honda as to how to do that. Um, But The best. uh, (laughs) But he talked about what a spiritual experience it is to see a total solar eclipse. And I just want to echo that. Uh, It's an amazing sight because you'd see, as he put it, this big sun-sized hole in the sky um, with the rays of light of the Corona all around it. And it gets very quiet and it's kind of a dusk light at the same time. And it's very spooky and very inspiring. And it's just such a tremendous experience that I think anybody who has an opportunity to see a total solar eclipse has to do it at least once in your life. It's, it's, uh, it's just, it's definitely a bucket list item.
0: It's certainly on my bucket list. I unfortunately have not yet had the chance to witness that. But, you know, you can tell just from the interview that this had such a profound impact on Matthias and it's it's the reason well why he started to turn his career around. And, you know, of everyone I know in AAA and elsewhere that has witnessed these total solar eclipses, they have that exact sentiment. And, you know, there, there are people in the club I know that no matter how many of them they see, they keep chasing them. I think Tony Hoffman has seen, what, 15 to 20 of these in his entire lifetime. So they've got to be incredible if, you know, you keep chasing them and it never gets old. And the next one is just as exciting or more exciting than the last. So it's definitely something I look forward to seeing sometime.
1: Absolutely. You have to do it at least once. I mean, 15, that's extraordinary, but uh, not to be missed.
0: All right, Stan, it's everyone's favorite segment of the show. It's the Triple A Sky Listener Challenge, where we ask you a question about the previous episode and we award a prize to the winner selected at random from among all correct answers. So, Stan, do we have a winner from last episode?
1: Yes, we do. Last month, we asked you what agency Stan Honda was working for when he photographed the space shuttle launches. And we have a winner who will be receiving our famous AAA Sky hoodie made by Zazzle. It's Nandita Kumar, who correctly said, Stan was photographing the shuttle on behalf of the news service, Agence France-Presse, or AFP, as it's commonly known on this side of the Atlantic.
0: Congratulations, Nandita. So, Stan, what's our listener challenge for today?
1: Well, our question for today is the following. As as Bart Fried described it, Jacob Campbell had a very, very large observatory in New York City in the 19th century. Sadly, it's not there anymore. But the question is, in which New York neighborhood, was this observatory located? As usual, you can find the answer to the Listener's Challenge in last month's episode. That's the only hint I'm going to give you.
0: Thanks for the question, Stan. You can enter by sending your answer in email to listenerchallenge, all one word, listenerchallenge at AAA.org. Just be sure to get your entry in by the deadline of midnight, February 12th, Eastern Standard Time, for a chance to win that hoodie.
1: If you're not a member, stop by AAA.org to learn more about the AAA and how you can become part of it. Use the code AAASKY21 to get a 15% discount on your first year membership dues.
0: And with that, if you'd like to contact us for any reason at AAA Sky, you can email us at AAASKY at AAA.org. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback.
1: that's our show. Tune in next month to hear us cover what's happening in New York astronomy today.
0: AAA Sky audio editing and original music by the incomparable Preston Staley. Our technical producer is Parker Bossier.